Hello and welcome to another episode of What We're Listening To. I'm Asha and with me as always is my good friend and appreciator of Alex Jones' Bonnie Ver parody songs, Joshua. How you doing? Very, very much so. That song <laughs> is something special. I am doing well. It certainly is. It will probably come into our conversation at some point a little bit later on. But uh, <laughs> I, I listened to it again last night as well. And it is truly a work of art. But not the most lovely content, lyrically, of course. But, I mean, that is Alex Jones. Um, I have a quiz for you at the top of the show. And mm. this relates to your homework for this week about the W's. Okay. So, um now, I won't go too much into their back history, but they broke up, as we know, because there are no more W's albums past those two. Um, the trumpet player, Breck, Brett Barker, played on albums by two other famous Christian ska bands from this same era. Oh, gosh. Can you name at least one of these bands? I mean, one of them has to be Five Iron Frenzy. Ding, you are correct. That's, that's right. like That's like the top dog. Do you want a bonus point to try and uh, name the other one? Other Christian, major Christian star bands. Oh, gosh. No, I can't think of them at the moment. It's the OC Supertones. Oh, yeah, okay. I was yeah. thinking about them. <laughs> they're a bit harder to guess, but they're one of the big acts. I think he he was on two records by Five on Frenzy, and then he moved over and stayed with OC Supertones until yeah. they broke up. So in this like yeah. era of like early sky music, there's a lot of trading um, musicians around. Um, yeah. Like there's a couple they songs were... on the Green Day album Morning, um, mm-hmm. which have the trombone player from Real Big Fish on them. Like people get around oh. back in those days. It, that's a great album. It must have been Misery or something because that has yeah. a lot of horn parts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, King for a Day, I think, as well. He's on that one too. Okay. Nice. Anyway. Scott Sweet. Trivia. Welcome. Good work. You got it. Niche Scar trivia at that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, any... could, so I considered Sorry, driving down to see Five Iron Frenzy on their like reunion show down in Seattle a couple of years ago. I did not do it, but I, I haven't actually gotten into Five Iron Frenzy that much. Oh, that's a shame. Um, like I know, I think I know Cheeses of Nazareth um, <laughs> as one of their albums. <laughs> Talk about a reference humor. Yes. So I know that one, but I don't know a lot of their other stuff. And there's actually a hidden song on the W's album. I don't know if you got it on the YouTube version, but it's Maybe a not. it's a homage to Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah. They have a couple pretty decent songs and they had a reasonably big hit because they made a song about Canada. And so that was like oh, every, yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. in the 90s. No, I do know that one. Yeah, The ones I knew were like the Phantom Mullet and stuff. <laughs> Um, do you know that one? It's a song about haircuts. Yeah. 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 How deep do we want to go with this? <laughs> no, not too deep. Five hundred friends. All right. Well, we'll touch on Scar a little bit later. Um, did you have any follow up from last episode? Uh, I only have a tiny bit. It's actually related to the episode. Um, I'm pretty bad at catch up usually. The there's been another trailer released for the upcoming uh, Beatles uh, doco flick. Um, oh, cool. I wonder yeah, was, what happened to that. Yeah, so Peter Jackson's making a movie out of a bunch of footage that they archived and never released back in the 60s. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so he's been putting that together. And that's coming out, I think, on American Thanksgiving on Apple Plus, which I wish it was a theatrical release, but oh well. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it, though. Yeah, that's great. I remember seeing the trailer and was really interested. Yeah. Can, a, it seems really candid. Yeah, and it's a pretty tumultuous time in their relationship. You know, like George quits the band at some point and, um, you know, Yoko Ono's hanging around and everyone's kind of ticked off. And the album's yeah. being produced by Phil Spector, who, like, becomes a murderer mm. in a couple of years. So you're like, this is kind of a weird setting to, like, yeah, film something is... in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's funny because, like, I haven't seen tons of Beatles documentary stuff. Like, mm. I've seen one or two films and a little bit of doco. But this just seemed like a good window into, like, the people that they were, how young they were, and the silliness that ensued. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still in their so. 20s at this point, most of them. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> all that yep. hair. All that hair. How about you? So you got any uh, follow-up? Uh, I just wanted to say the playlist was great last episode. I've been really enjoying listening to that. Um, I also listened to the weather, uh, not weather report, (laughs) the weather (laughs) station. Yeah, damn you. Um, (laughs) Sticking Birdland on there. Um, No, it was great. Um, Yeah, the weather station were really pretty, really chilled. Um, The new Radiohead track was nice to listen to again. And I listened to all those Kanye songs and... Yeah, they were they were good picks. I haven't heard the whole album all the way through. Yeah. But those were some good picks and I kind of got what you meant about doing what he wanted to do on Jesus is King a little bit more clearly, maybe. Yeah. I, th- I don't know. Yeah. I'm no expert though. That's at least what I think about it, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's all. Uh review time then. That's it. I have a repeat. I think this is my first mm-hmm. repeat. Um, uh, an album by a band called Current Joys. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, uh, there's a musician out there named Nick Radigan, and he has two bands. One is called Surf Curse. One is called Current Joys. And they're kind of like different halves of his emotional spectrum. And Current Joys is the uh, more... Uh, melancholy half, we'll say, and that's obviously the one I enjoy more. Um, <laughs> so he put an album out in May, and I've kind of been simmering on it since then, um, going back and forth whether I should review it or not because it's good. Um, I hmm. just didn't know whether it was worth busting out. Um, yeah, so I, um, I think it's a, it's an interesting album. I have a hard time pinning down what kind of musical style it is um Mm. yeah it's like pop songs but written in minor keys and um it's like it's 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 morose but not downtrodden like there's kind of like a like a veneer of sadness but all the songs are relatively upbeat still um Mm-hmm. And even then, this album is actually a lot more positive um, lyrically and sonically than his last album that I talked about. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I got that. That one was much more sparse and a little kind of gray. This one's a little more like browns and oranges and that kind of stuff. Um, 
Yeah. So the tone of the record is hard to hard to pin down. Like it's like a like like, like a kind of like a soundtrack to like a an like a college angsty movie, but um, it's not like that bad. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I I've been really enjoying it. Um, especially the more upbeat songs on it. There's a it's a big album. It's like yeah, twenty four yeah. tracks on it or something like that. Um, uh, just sixteen on mine. Sixteen years. But... Maybe I got a bigger version. Um, but yeah, I um, which ones do I have written down? I really love a lot of the actually ones at the end, like Calypso, Money Making Machines, American Honey. Um, I'll call them sad jams, and I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> yeah, I like this a lot more than current. Um, yeah, current. Um, uh, what's a different age? Was yeah. It? The yeah, previous album. The it, yeah, you're right. The other one felt a little bit more sparse. And this, yeah, there were a bunch of songs that I was like, oh, that's great. Um, Amateur, I think, was really good. Mm. Um, I I only have a general impression that I liked it. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> give it more than like a, a one full listen because I was doing a bunch of other things. That's but okay. I, um, yeah, I appreciate it. I think the instrumentation's great. He's got a good voice. And you're right in that it feels a little bit more angsty, um, or more um, dramatic, like the cover, <laughs> the yeah. dude staring out to sea, just kind of, it was, um, yeah, it does feel like something that could be in a film and yeah. probably is. I, I, I've listened to basically all of his records since I found the last one. Um, mm. And I think with this newer one, you get a much better sense of uh, the amount of rhythm that's usually in his music. It's... Um, the last one really was a, a departure in some ways from that kind of stuff. So this is um, okay. much more on an expansion on that kind of, like there's, there's a lot of movement in these songs and I think it's a little more on brand and it's, and it's right. well put together. So yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah I think this is going to be like one of those records that like I forget about and come back to a lot. And I'm going to enjoy a lot, but it's going to keep have to come in back in my memory each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sad Jams. Current Joe is Voyager. It's really good. And he actually, nice. he usually releases a live album in between records. So I think he actually released one as well this year, which is him playing these songs live, which is actually really good too. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Is that the Phantom of the Highland Park? Abel? Yes, that that would be that. Yeah, yeah. No, I see that. That's cool. That's a nice practice. He's a big performer. Um, all right. Okay. Asher, what have you been listening to? Uh, so I've been listening to something <laughs> a lot less serious um, than that. Um, I was going to talk a bit about Sufjan and Angelo's new album, um, A Beginner's Mind, but I will mention that a little bit later. I got sidetracked um, <laughs> thanks to a friend on the internet, John, um, not Ringhofer, another one, and he he put me on to Nick Lutzko. I mentioned Nick last week, but I don't think the the obsession had fully set in yet, our last episode. Um, Nick Lutzko is like a kind of meme music musician yeah. on the internet. And... Um, but it's really good meme music <laughs> and I think I have been just kind of hooked by someone's ability to write really, really catchy songs very quickly and kind of 
the art is in the spontaneity of it. Um, but the thing about Nick is that he doesn't write just individual pieces that are um, not connected. He has like a bigger narrative yeah. and a universe yeah. behind things, which which kind of takes it into a new dimension for me. Um, like, uh, so if you listen to his music, you kind of go, okay, there's some songs about politics. There's some songs about random other things. But then underneath it, there's references to a bigger story to do with his grandma, um, Desmond, the men in the tunnels, you know, all these kinds of things, which are silly. And as he said in an interview, he tries to put them in, but not too much. So that if you're a new listener, you're not put off. (laughs) And I had that experience um, because I was like, the first song that I really got onto was his one, um, the school board meeting um, one, which I mentioned last episode. Um, and it's kind of like, it feels like it could be a Paul Simon sort of um, vampire weekend song. Mm. Um, but it ends with the men in the tunnels are coming. And I was like, I don't know what that's referencing. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then when I started digging, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the bigger narrative. So it, however deep you feel like going with this guy's music, you can keep going in some ways. Um, what are your first impressions yeah, of Nick? I have a lot of, I have a lot of notes <laughs> about it. Yeah, so um, I, <clears throat> we'll reference specifically that you're going to talk about the album Songs on the Computer, I think. On the Computer. Yeah, which is like an anthology yeah, yeah, yeah. of a That's bunch the... of his music. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like the collected, collected ramblings of a musically deranged person, I think. Um, it's, it's really interesting because if you take out like the agreed upon like meta narrative of like the internet is a funny place for crazy people um mm. and you like put these songs without that in front of you it's like insanity it's it's really strange and <laughs> i mean 12 songs of chaos right yeah and they're put together I, I like in some parts i think the the vocal treatment he does is a little too much for me but otherwise the songs are like like they're legit music and they're put together well and He's a good, um, he has a, he has a talent for understanding how to craft weird verses and sentences that work well together. Um, yeah. So, well, he went to, to college for songwriting, like, you know, he knows his stuff yeah. and he's been doing this for a long time as we referenced with the Alex Jones, Bonnie Ver parody. And he's been doing all sorts of other things, but kind of hit it off with this kind of weird memey songwriting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, that's completely fine. Uh, yeah, so um all, all this kind of connective tissue that goes around um both thematically, I think you can also spy musically sometimes. Um the the most obvious mm-hmm. example obviously is uh the Halloween Spirit of Halloween 1 and 2. Um yeah. Where like the Can I explain those? Uh, go for it, yeah. For the for the listeners who, just to give you a window into it, um, and this was how I kind of got hooked. Um, his, he wrote randomly a song about this franchise of Halloween stores called Spirit Halloween Theme Song. I've never really been in a Spirit Halloween, but I think it's something in the US and maybe in Canada. Yeah, they exist right here too. The, the Spirit Halloween has replaced uh, the Mech on, um, on Broadway, oh, for example. Oh, on Broadway. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well, interestingly, he wrote this song just for fun 
Um, and he has this way of putting into songs his demands. He's like, this is the theme for Spirit of Halloween. Like, like this is your theme song. And he does it in other things too. He makes big requests of big people. He's like, give me a show on Nick Jr. It's like, I want to host SNL. It's like, you need to do this thing. And some news sources take him seriously, which is the funniest part. When he's like, give me 100K to play at Biden's inauguration. And the news reporter was yeah. like, it's like, oh, Nick, Nick Lutzko attempted to be, you know, the performer at the Biden inauguration, but did not succeed. Better luck next this time, is Like Nick. legitimate, you know, legitimate uh, news channel from Tennessee. <laughs> Pick this up. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing because everybody knows the joke, except the people who know who Nick is. Um, anyway, so the Spirit Halloween th- theme song, he just made for fun. And then they actually got in touch with him and he made part two with their blessing and money. Um, and that's, it's crazy to me that they're like cool with that because he's weird as anything. Like even at the end of the Spirit Halloween th- song, he's like goes into the Jeff Bezos, you know, murdered Barnes and Noble kind of thing. They're like, just leave out the Jeff Bezos stuff. Um so and then there's part three of that trilogy, and that trilogy of the Halloween spirit Halloween songs is is gold, absolute gold. Sorry, that was just the backstory. What were you going to say about that one? Well, I was going to say like the you can tell um, his talent musically between parts one and two because the mm. like the, the the musical theming is still there. Like the um, yeah. like the the musical idea of part one is expanded. Uh, during the verses of part two, like um, intrinsically, it's, yeah. it's it's clever. Yeah, I I love those two, one and two. Um, number three is great as well, but he managed to do a great follow up. Like I read an interview that it was a bit of pressure, and he was just a bit worried about it. But mm. he managed to do a song which I almost prefer more, "Unleash Your Spirit," um, a little bit more than "Spirit Halloween" theme song, but. Yeah, deciding into them between them is is impossible sometimes. <clears throat> They're all my favorites. Yeah. Um <laughs> he manages to somehow say very profound things as well in the middle of like the ballad of John Jr. is is a very special song. Now, just so you know, American listeners, I feel like I am taking these songs very, very differently than <laughs> than Americans might, because these are dealing with all sorts of actual current issues and all that sort of thing that sometimes um are upsetting and so apologies i'm taking them at face value of dumb songs about the internet so there you go um the ballad of don jr is really really funny and clever because he's he's like talking about a dream he had and then like speaking a, it's like it's a twisted perspective on um hunter biden versus don jr and also the fact he takes he just kind of, it's this satire, which is very, it's not extremely hidden, but it's very clever in my mind. I don't know. I just love that satire. Mm. Yeah. I, um... But the thing is, he has another three EPs on, apart from this that are only on Bandcamp. And those have some, e- like, even more um, fantastic tunes on them <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, like, LP number two, maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I could go on. What did you want yeah, to say? And then I, we can end it. Like my <laughs> the first impression upon discovering this music, um, I told you about this earlier. Is it reminds me of um, a Spanish painter named Francisco Goya, 
um, yes, who is famous. He, he, has a, he has a famous for uh, Saturn devouring his son, which is this like hideous painting mm-hmm. of like a like a giant man eating in a smaller man. Um, and most people don't know that near the end of his life, Francisco Goya, including that painting, um, went a little bit crazy and locked himself in his house and painted all this like really dark stuff on like the inner walls of the upstairs of his house and then would like cover it up so people couldn't find it. Um, mm-hmm. and so after he died, people like went through his house and found all these like crazy paintings, including Saturn devouring his son. And I think right. without the context of the internet, that's kind of what Nick Lutzko is to me. Like, like there is art <laughs> behind this, but it's demented and weird. And yeah, like if I, if I came across this, and took it earnestly, I would be very worried about some dude in Tennessee who's very sweaty in his grandma's basement singing about like people <laughs> underneath his house coming to get him. And you're like, like yeah. without context, it's like so strange. Um, We're really in a funny phase of art <laughs> at the moment, aren't we? Like, you know, what is it going to look like in 100 years when they're digging up the MP3s yeah. from hard drives and just wondering, like, what kind of society that they ran? Yeah, because, like, musical comedy, like, you can either do, like, Weird Al Yankovic where you have, like, parody music, but there's no, like, mm. connected meta-narrative. Or you could do, like, this guy mm. does, which is, like, so heavily involved and basically a performance art piece. Um yeah, yeah, that's it. It is performance art. And he performs with his band and they're all like dressed up as puppets kind of thing. <laughs> um, and they, yeah, they perform in Chattanooga. So he's not, yeah, he's not, uh, interestingly, like he seems like a pretty normal dude, <laughs> you know, when he posts stuff about like his wife and his daughter, he's like, yay. You know, um, obviously it's like nice to know that he's not literally insane, yeah, but he really just does lay it on thick when you've got songs like Give Me a Show on Nick Jr., like yeah. I'm not strange I'm not a loser you know and he just goes on and on and it, and it makes him more, sound more strange and more delusional as he goes on oh, gosh. but um yeah anyway it, I I honestly have listened to these songs so many times because they're so small and I just love the catchiness of them um that yeah my brain has been a little bit like delusional <laughs> maybe I don't know you, you haven't very you can edit that part out let's go I'll say that well, it was he hasn't got a lot of content out there, so it's not too hard to get on top of it. And he did ha- do a handy um, <laughs> that video. It was like, "What's going on in Grandma's basement?" And it just out lays out the entire Luxco universe of like what's happened music. so far. Yeah, that's right. Just in case people were really worried. <laughs> about him. Anyway, that's Nick Luxco. Luxco, he has hijacked my listening. So if you enjoy this kind of memey music. I will put some links in the show notes and I'll put it on the playlist. (laughs) All right. Enjoy. Homework time. Homework time? Yep. So as hinted at in the quiz, I gave Josh a band called The W's. Now, The W's are a Christian ska band from the late 90s. Um, They... Had the labels Scar and Swing, but they were kind of neo-swing and the band members themselves kind of also said that Swing really wasn't like a thing in their music, but it kind of was the best fit. They had a small run of success with two albums 
and opened for bands like DC Talk and Pope John Paul II <laughs> and his visit to St. Louis. Um, <laughs> I know, right? But um, they, these guys were a feature of my childhood. Um, I was thinking that I never really got into like ska as a genre, but I just like heard random singular albums mm. and liked what I heard. So um, unlike you and your older brother, you managed to kind of eat your way through genres. I was picking random <laughs> fruits out of a bowl. <laughs> so to give you an idea of this, I was listening to this a lot as a young teen while painting Warhammer. <laughs> so you can get an idea of my uh, amazing childhood. <laughs> what did you think? What did you think of the W's and their album fourth from the last? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I must admit to have heard this uh, once or twice before, but also as like an 11 or 12 year old, um, <laughs> I had a burned CD. The whole album? Uh, of like the first half of this album. Okay, um, cool. It was this and a band called the Squirrel Nut Zippers, who were another kind of weird uh, swing. I think I've heard, yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> yeah. Not heard them, but heard of them. Um, so so uh, the, the kind of niche swing section of this band is really interesting to me. Um, I guess mm. there is there is a bit of a '90s kind of swing craze with like early bare naked ladies and all these Gap ads and that kind of stuff. Of yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it is really quite different from like a lot of the really big mainline pop ska music out there. It's it's different, and you kind of get that like feeling of scrappiness from it. Um, mm. Like yeah, like early. Like Big D and the Kids Table or Mustard Plug or Five Iron Frenzy, they have like, like the horns aren't compressed properly and the drums go off time sometimes and everything's kind of like, it's a little bit, you know, ham fisted together and that kind of gives it a charm that's uh, unique to it. Um, but obviously, this album is very famous for, at least among Christian circles, the song You Are the Devil and the Devil is Bad. Um, yeah, that that uh obviously a huge relatively huge hit from them. Um yeah. I yeah. <laughs> Most people seem to have heard that song if they've heard of the W's. Yeah. I yeah. So I think this kind of I don't know this album varies in quality. I think there's a couple pretty good songs on it. Um obviously mm-hmm. that being one of them. Um what else do I have here? Uh, alarm clock, pup. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pup. Pup is so like, good. Like, like there's some genuinely like. Oh, these are like actual good ska songs that I would like appreciate. And one or two are covers at the end too. Um, but this feels like kind of less, like less mozzarella sticks and Mountain Dew, and more like yeah. church digestive biscuits, biscuits, and like a non-brand name Coke off the shelf kind of thing, like. It's just kind of, it doesn't have any of that polish that like a lot of big sky bands do. And so it's kind of all over the shop in some fashion. Um, I will admit that like part of my love for this album is nostalgia. And part of my love for it is like as an adult listening back to it and reflecting on like what you said, that there's actually like a couple of songs on here that are really good. And, you know, 
And they weren't afraid to kind of write silly, frivolous sort of songs like Pup. You know, it's about a guy breaking into someone's house to just feed their dog. <laughs> and then he gets like hauled away by the police at the end of it. And, you know, King of Polyester is just about a dude who bowls fast at the bowling alley. Like, you know, and some of the songs, like you say, The Devil is Bad is like, is elements of theology and other ones as well. But like, and Moses and this sort of thing. So they're trying to like, they're, there's a real mixed bag of content yeah. as well, is what I'm trying to say. It's a lot less um, obviously religious than things like Five Iron Frenzy are, um, or or DC Talk mm. for that matter. But it, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it feels young, is how I would put it. Like the singer, like he sounds like he's like 21, and like the band is just a bunch of young dudes just kind of like having fun and i kind of appreciate that i mean it's very 90s this whole album is yeah um down to the the bowling shirt on the front cover um <laughs> yeah yeah i i kind of like for me actually personally i really like the bass lines in some of these songs yeah, yeah. um kind of because they've got that walking element as well and i just was like oh this is good i was a budding bass player and so this was just another kind of, you know, um, arrow in the quiver of things to learn. Yeah, um, the, the bass lines are super so jazzy. Yeah. Because do you, you don't walk much in Scar, right? That's the kind of swing sort of almost jazz element. Yeah, I mean, you kind of do like half walks a lot. Um, it depends on the band. Uh, the thing that kind of pushes it yeah. as a whole to that swing is also the drums doing it. Um because you could, you, uh, as weird mm. as it sounds, you can walk the bass straight if the drums are doing punk stuff, like one, yeah. twos and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And so having the whole movement be swung pushes it much more into that than just uh, regular ska, I think. Yeah. The liner notes of this album have like dance steps oh. in it, which is really <laughs> cool as well. <laughs> like the physical album. Yeah, which I thought was yeah. nice. I don't know. I, I think yeah. as, I, as, I mean, as I've I, gotten older, I've appreciated Ska that has a little more bite to it. Um, Like, yeah, uh, yeah. like Streetlight Manifesto and those kind of guys. So, like, this, this is... This is very This clean. is a fairly inoffensive record in many ways, and it has some enjoyable parts to it, but, I'm like, it, it, like it, could, it could do more for me. <laughs> You know the irony, though? This got pulled from Christian <laughs> stores in the US because it had indecent words in it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'm honestly trying to rack my brain to think of what the indecent word was. Um, but, yeah, whatever. No, it, it, it's a really squeaky clean sort of sweet yeah. album. And um, I just had this on the list of, like, this, this might be something that Josh might get a kick out of. So Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I absolutely yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed re-listening to it as well. So there we go. <laughs> Glad you liked. Do you want to tell people what you gave me? Yeah, on on the back of a a small time Christian indie ska band, um, mm -hmm. I decided to give Asher one of uh, the most important records of the seventies. A lot of people talk about. Um, so I, no I had, yeah, yeah, I had the great fortune of one of my roommates in Australia being a. Um, a big connoisseur of jazz and soul music that I kind of wasn't. And so mm -hmm. he showed me 
Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, which I've given Asher, which mm. is a big double album, um, which has a couple massive hits on it. Um, yeah. But interestingly, I think the album itself actually is a lot more meat than just those big hits. And it comes at an interesting point in Stevie Wonder's career where he's had a number of really big successes throughout the late 60s, early 70s. And he was considering retiring and starting like orphanages in Africa and yeah. felt the pressure to make some more music and kind of went to the studio and just basically whacked out this whole album and it became one of the most important ones in his discography for a lot of people. So it's uh, it's like a his unique... 11th or 13th album. Yeah, like it's that. it's it's a it sits in a unique place in his discography, I think. Um hmm. Anyway, what did you think of Songs in the Key of Life after? Oh man, I mean, where do you start with an hour and 45 minutes of soul R&B? <laughs> it it was beautiful to listen to. Like and in a way that links to the W's, like has its very um, theological moments. Like even just the start of like, what was the song? Have a talk with God. I was like, this is yeah. a very gospel record. Mm. Like even though it's in the soul genre, it's very gospel feel in lyric. And um, you're right. How many hits there are? My goodness. Sir Duke has been in my head. Like, I mean, I have known this song since, you know, doing bass guitar from an early age. Yes. Yeah, and it was a sta- staple at uni as well as I wish being like um, finger exercises on the bass sort of thing. Um, so I was watching him live last night too. It's just amazing to kind of see him. Um, it, was a, I, it was actually, I realized that the version I have of Sir Duke that I was listening to was the live version from this concert. Yeah. And he's just fantastic to listen to the way he interacts around the the musicians that are playing and like his vocalizations, all this sort of thing. Mm. Anyway, I feel like this is such a hard album to grapple with in my head because like I don't always I don't often listen to this kind of music for enjoyment. Um, like I don't put on this kind of record and just like um I, how what am I trying to say? I love listening to this kind of music, but I have to be in a certain mood. Yeah. And like um and I'm not always into like um, the ballads, you know, the the mm. ballads can be a little bit gushy, but like the the arc and kind of big picture of this album is like it's so excellent. The musicianship is incredible. As someone who tries to record songs, to play this well on a recording is rough. Like they're just, it's so good. Like these performers are fantastic, and the music is so complex, but also so interesting. And I just love self-referential lyrics about Sir Duke being a song about like, you know, just a, just because a song has a groove doesn't mean it's in the groove kind of thing. It's mm. it's really fun, um, but like, I'm I don't think I have the full idea of what this album means, but I I get the idea of the I love that um, you know isn't she lovely kind of fits with the theme of songs in the key of life, right? Yeah songs about celebrating the joy of existence, celebrating music, celebrating the birth of a child, celebrating God. And so like there's so much celebration and so much kind of like joy in it whilst also having some sadness as well. Mm. Um, Pastime Paradise, I must confess, I didn't know this was the original. I thought it was Gangster's Paradise. (laughs) I knew it wasn't Amish Paradise, but... 
I, I didn't actually know that it came from this one. And I was surprised by how much like electronica there was in this album. I know this is the 70s and like Moog synths had been around for a bit of time, but it still was strange to me to hear like synthesizers in soul music. Is that like typical? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it becomes much more of a thing in the 70s, like you said. Um, okay. Especially because yeah. this is the late 70s comparatively. Yeah, 76, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it. I think I preferred all the songs with movement that were more upbeat than the ballads. Like, yeah, the ballads, Joy Inside My Tears, they just got a little a little cheesy for me, but that's just my own musical sensibilities. Um, that doesn't make it a bad song. It's just something that I didn't enjoy mm. listening to as much as the, the other killer songs. My favourite songs were like Have a Talk With God, I like Black Man, that was great, and Sir Duke, um, and obviously, like, yeah, but those, I think Black Man and Have a Talk With God were two that I had not heard before that I really liked. Yeah. Tell me what you love about Songs in the Key of Life, though. Yeah, um, I, I I think it's a, a very special album, um, just because it, it's it's hard to compartmentalize how good a songwriter Stevie Wonder actually is, because um, mm. a lot of his tricks are so subtle. Um, like a, a number of the bass lines on this album aren't actually bass lines; they're him playing. Um, like the one on "Isn't She Lovely" is him overdubbing a bass line, um, right. and you kind of like put that together with like this guy is singing and doing this at the same time, and he's mm. so clever. Um, yeah, he manages to accomplish something that I never thought was possible, which is he manages to actually have me enjoy a ballad that has a key change in it, like unironically. <laughs> I um I really enjoy the song Knocks Me Off My Feet, and it's mostly because of how great Stevie Wonder's vocal performance is and how he takes all the usual things you would have in a ballad like big kind of sweeps and movements and he fiddles with them just enough to make them interesting um mm-hmm. all like the chromatic runs and like off time hits that change through different verses and that kind of stuff mm. it's so clever um uh i don't yeah. remember that one as well i'm sorry but um no, that's okay it took me a couple of times to like oh, i actually really enjoy this this is a ballad that i enjoy i don't know it's not possible um so you found the ballads yeah. similar to me a little bit a little bit slow I, or you i mean I, mind I, I generally don't like ballads as a musical form um sure um and this kind of i think stevie wonder manages to make ones that i actually kind of enjoy in some fashion um mm. And then I think if you you kind of like take um like like other kind of like big soul acts of the time, you know, like Al Green or Marvin Gaye or Bill Withers, um they're writing a lot about like relationships. Um and you know, like let's stay together kind of songs. And hmm. um I think it's interesting that's Stevie Wonder wants to make this like big soul album. And it's, as you talked about, much more of a holistic kind of life celebration, looking at all these different things, including like poverty in the U S or 
um, like the joy of having a child or the joy of just like making music together. And I think it's what sets it apart as a soul record is that it's much bigger um, than just kind of like that raw emotion of wanting to be with somebody. And, Ironically, some um, people would say that the other things are small, you know, families and that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Like it's the little things that make up the big picture, I guess. Um, mm. And it's not to say I love Al Green, Marvin Gaye, Bill Withers, all these guys. Mm. Um, I think their music is fantastic and is a um, a great backdrop to the 1970s. Um I just think Stevie Wonder escalates it a little bit and um, takes the genre to a different place talking about life. And that's kind of why I love this record. Yeah. Mm. Um, It is a very special album. I'm very glad to have heard it properly mm. because yeah, like I said, I've heard a lot of these hits, but there is a bigger context for this. I've been searching for this record on vinyl for like three years now, and I've not seen a single copy. Really? Wow. I want it so badly. It's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. imagine it would just, it, it's kind of those like mammoth records that just got put out. You know, you look at them and there's just so much work that's gone into these things, you know, mm. in terms of instrument, like um, musicians and, and recording and arrangements and, then the artwork and all that kind of thing, it's just, it's crazy when you think about double albums. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big boy for a good yep. reason. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. It's Yeah, uh, I did. It's a special record. Thank you. Shall we move on to our honourable mentions? Yeah, let's do it. This is a random one, but I just wanted to highlight it. You know that artist Green Parrot that you sent me one time and a song called Kites and How They Fly? Yes. I occasionally listen to this song and it's probably one of my favourite chiptune uh, JRPG sounding tunes ever. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to put it. <laughs> That's a, that is a deep cut. <laughs> what do you mean? What did I send that to you? Like a couple of years ago? Yeah, ages. Yeah. Um, I I um love it. It's just amazing listening to this tune and i just wanted to highlight it and chuck it on the playlist so that people can hear it because um i feel like and i really really wish this person was making more music but uh that's okay um you're not gonna like this one but i realized that after seeing the grimes reading on a corner meme thing um i never actually listened to grimes (laughs) um And so I just gave her a bit of a listen, you know, top tracks on Spotify sort of thing. She seems to be really good with tech and stuff, like watching her live. Um, She seems really clever with all her stuff. I don't particularly like her voice though, but um, she has like some nice parts of Genesis are pretty good, which is one of her tracks, but it it didn't really grab me. Um, So I'm not quite sure what the appeal is. Maybe it's just, maybe it's something that I just don't, get that's okay but um <laughs> yeah I, I like i was just impressed with the way she was kind of doing all these multi-track sort of things with all this stuff sitting on the floor of like the kp kexp sort of thing um but yeah it didn't really grab me so much but now i've listened to grimes i can at least comment <laughs> um the i think the third thing last thing is just um sufjan and angelo's album a beginner's mind um, 
this is this probably should get a full review, but there were, you know there was a Nick to listen to. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this is a very beautiful album. Um, I recommend checking this album out. Uh, it it has a lot of really great tracks on it. It's unique in that each song is inspired by a movie. Um, and so it's two artists writing together who are very good on their own and they're writing about movies but kind of springboarding off those movies to write about other things that are unrelated. Um, similar to Sufjan's Planetarium album where the name of the planet mm. was just kind of a springboard to other conversations. Um, I particularly like Sumerian Shade and This Is The Thing. Those are two of my favourite tracks on the album. Um, obviously, this is the thing inspired by the thing, and Sumerian Shade inspired sure, sure, by sure, sure. Silence of the Lambs. Um, they're very interesting. It's a much better album than I expected because I haven't really been a fan of what Sufjan's doing lately. But it wasn't as good as something like Carrie and Lowell. It had some moments that were very good, but overall, it 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 kind of it was like that's a beautiful album. I'm not sure that like. I'll listen to it a heap. I might listen to a couple of songs a lot, but yeah. Anyway. Um, Fair enough. I have down on my honourable mentions, New Elbow. Did you cover that? Nope. Okay. I I forgot to listen to the song again, um, but Elbow has some <laughs> new tracks out. Actually, I'm just going to put it in the playlist and then I'll listen to it again. So there you go. <laughs> your, your go. I'm done. It, it seems like... Uh, Early October is like everyone announce things to release soon. Um, mm. So I have lots of honorable mentions. Go. A lot of them are new singles from albums that are coming out. Um, so up first, we have a new Gang of Youths song. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot. The Man Himself, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a great song. Probably my favorite they released in a while. Um mm. It has elements of uh, Noah and the whale behind it, which is kind of like the thing I was hoping mm. would happen where um, they obviously have this new member and he kind of brings some of the creative influences from that band uh, rhythmically and sonically. And I think that's happening, uh, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about. So um, you have yeah. the lead singer singing in a higher register and it's more musically diverse in the background. Um yeah, really good. It was quite beautiful. Yeah, it was a nice track. Um, second, uh, a new song and album coming out from Idols. Um, oh, yeah. The Beachland <laughs> Ballroom is the name of the song, which is a um, venue somewhere in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really different. <laughs> That's the one in 3-4, um, right? Yeah, it's like a angry soul waltz made by like a post-punk band from England. Um, and it's great to hear uh, the singer trying a different part of his voice, like actually carrying a tune as opposed to angrily yelling, yelling. at people most of the yeah. time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think like the last album lacked a little bit of something. I'm not sure what. It's been a while since I listened to it. Um, mm. um, but certainly the production wasn't the issue. And so I'm glad Kenny Beats is, re- is returning to produce this album. So it's going to sound really good and interesting. And yeah, I nice. think this is a lead single of like this weird 
angry soul song is just a great place to start because it's so out of the window for their last three records. It's something completely different. So I'm I'm curious as to where this album is going to go. It's a weird and good start, I think. Hmm. Um, we have a new song from Black Country, New Road. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I listened to all these things and completely forgotten to put them on my. No, that's right. I, <laughs> good on you. I, I, have a, I have a number. I'm just crossed off because I had so many. Um, what's the name of the song? Space Marine. Chaos something? Space Marine. Chaos Space Marine. Thank you. Um, I, I didn't play Chaos night. Space Marines. By the way, I I was more of a <laughs> you know new, I was a, a different chapter. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the emperor and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of about to say about the song because I think it's more, uh, as a whole album, this will be an interesting thing to go through. But you could definitely tell they have some uh, second album money flying around. The uh, the fidelity in production is much cleaner on this new mm. song. Um, the artwork is great. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I mean, these kids... If they keep on the track they're doing, they're going to make something very interesting and will keep setting mm. a lot of the tone for um, music in the country of the UK. Um, it feels really quick to me to have a second album coming out, but I, you know, you know that the album is done a lot earlier than it's released. And so they've probably yeah. been working for ages on this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Then a new song, an album from. Um, eldest Gregory brother, Andrew Rose Gregory. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is his second full length record. His first one is a, um, album of songs inspired by the songs of Solomon, um, from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has a cover EP of like four or five songs that I really enjoyed. Um, and then over the pandemic, he's been working on, so this is, uh, the Gregory brothers, the comedic group, they actually are legit musicians in a lot of their own ways um but out of them andrew's the only one who's actually ever produced his own stuff and recorded it i think um and yeah, that's i find interesting, his, isn't it yeah the, uh the other siblings have appeared on records um hmm. but haven't made their own stuff and i find andrew's songwriting to be very endearing it's sweet and um earnest and um has a lot of like the sonic qualities of like uh, mid seventies folk music with like horns and lots of mm. harmonies that I enjoy, and so I, it, uh, I forget the name of this song that came it's out. About but it's really riding hand, riding a bike without any hands. Um, yeah, it's very it's sweet. Really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I like um, I've it. Listened to it a bunch of times. Uh, I'm gonna keep going. Okay, okay. <sighs> uh, a new song from a guy in England called Sam Fender. Um, okay. actually new album, this is album, uh, 17 going under is the name of the album. Um, he has been tearing up the UK charts. Um, I don't know if this is just good luck or somebody's making it happen, but he's hit number one already within like a week of release. Um, and that's pretty rare, I think for a rock and roll album out of the UK now. Um, yeah. It's been a while since somebody made this kind of like stadium arena music and it's kind of really hit gangbusters. And so this is kind of like if you take uh, War on Drugs and Bruce Springsteen and like mashed together in like low class England, 
Um, you get these kind of like anthems about like, you know, life and heartland and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm excited to see if this kid can carry the torch because yeah, uh, it's pretty good um, stuff. Mm. It's interesting. Um, it's I'll up and down, rock and roll. Yeah. And then lastly, oh my goodness. Um, you got to stop listening to so much music, man. Oh my man. Uh, I actually considered doing this in my main review. Um, it deserves it, I think. It's really a unique record from a gal called Nora Brown. Um, uh, it's called Sidetrack My Engine. She is a 16-year-old uh, yeah. Appalachian roots and folk musician. Um, so she has all these trad instruments like banjos that are like 100 years old and this wow. kind of stuff. And the rhythm is often played by a man playing a set of bones. Uh, that's a that's a thing. Um, okay, sounds so very cigarros. <laughs> yeah, um, it doesn't All sound that, like that, but yeah. No, who are the the guys you sent me? That really oh. crazy band from Nor. Uh, <laughs> hey, Lung, Yeah, yeah, sounds like that. Um, so these are like really old, old America Appalachia songs. Um, uh-huh. and some are her own compositions. Some are covers, and uh. I don't know. It's a really interesting project from a very young person. Um, and she's doing just a fantastic job performing them. She is a, a, a great NPR performance as well. Just kind of um, doing this stuff herself. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's uh, very different, obviously. Um, you love like folk, don't you? Like, you know, native folk to whatever country it is you should have been an yeah. ethnomusicologist or something <laughs> potentially i um i have been a lot of my autumn listening is usually folk related um so this kind of hit the button for me at the moment um mm-hmm. nora brown really interesting yeah i'll check that out for sure <laughs> that's that's all i <laughs> nice. only six things <laughs> it's pretty good i don't mind man whatever it oh. works um, now, it is time for us to decide what our homework is um, because I don't know if you remember, but we are going to choose a topic for next week's homework. Are we going to spin the wheel? We're going to spin the wheel. Um, now, I'm actually talking to you on my phone, so you're not going to hear the clicky noise. So you can add in some sort of clicky noise or Excellent. spinning wheel sound or anything like that. Go for it with the sound. Um, so let me pull this up. You ready? Spin the wheel, baby. Spin. Okay. Um, we've got random genre. <laughs> Have we done random genre? I don't think so. Random genre. And we'll let you know the genre for next episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got, still got still to pick the thing. Um but do you want to send us off with um, the outro? Sure can. <clears throat> uh, well, that has been uh, episode 36 of what we're listening to. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, uh, we very much enjoy having people uh, listen to our ramblings and hopefully discovering some new music. Um, if you felt so kind, you could leave us a review or a rating or just contact us on our social media and interact. That's always good fun. 
Um, mm-hmm. We have a website where all the show notes go and a playlist for every episode so you can hear uh, what we're going to talk about before we actually talk about it, which I think is very smart. Um, <laughs> not to tutor on horn or anything. Uh, oh, please. Yes. Toot, toot away. <laughs> oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, yeah, please check us out on socials and send us anything you want to listen to. And we're going to see you next time. And this has been episode 36. See you, Josh. See you, mate. Bye. Oh, man. My brain is unfocused.